Welcome to the Beneath the Dirt podcast where we profile and showcase underground music while taking occasional trip above the surface. I'm your host Ronebone. Thank you for tuning in. Another week has gone by and we got a whole new slew of guests that have been announced for the 20th annual gathering of the Juggalos. We start out with King Spade, D-Loke, and Johnny Richter. King Spade's going to be making their return to the 20th annual gathering this year. I'll be honest, I'm kind of surprised that it's not announced as Cottonmouth Kings and it's actually King Spade. I'm not sure if they were announced as Cottonmouth Kings or King Spade last year when they performed. I believe last year they made their return to the gathering and they're back this year. I'm sure they're going to be performing all the Cottonmouth Kings tracks along with King Spade as King Spade only has two albums out as the duo. Dope to see nonetheless. I'm a big fan of Cottonmouth Kings, King Spade. They're back on Suburban Noise. We already covered that. Next up, they announced Token. Token coming out of Salem, Mass. Up and comer, young dude. He just finished his solo tour in the United States. Out here killing it. He released his debut album late last year. And that shit goes really hard. Really personal. I think if you take Hobson and Tech 9 mix them both together, you get Token. This little motherfucker raps his ass off. He has a track with Tech 9 called U2 Rapper on his last album as a bonus track. And basically they just go back and forth rapping crazy for like three minutes. Dope as hell. Next up they got the Big Money Hustlers Extravaganza hosted by the 618 Lost Ninja Clan. They're having a special screening of the movie with a live action performance that is completely interactive. Not sure what that's going to entail. Are they going to reenact the movie? Maybe reenact certain scenes? Not really sure. Sounds kind of interesting. They also got the Merch Bazaar. A bunch of people are going to be slinging their shit. You got Tom Wood. He'll be out there slinging his dope ass art that he does. He's done designs for all the Joker's cards. His work was even featured in the Fury video that ICP released for their last album, Phyllis Fred Fury. Really dope. Looks like a bunch of artists just going to be slinging their shit at the gathering. That's dope. People going to get their hustle on at the 20th annual. You got the Juggalesque. It's a Juggalette burlesque performance. Not sure what's going to go down. It says they're going to have a night of dance, beauty, comedy, and debauchery. They're saying they got going to have the most beautiful women up on stage doing who knows what. Just going to have to fucking be there to find out and see what's going down. 20th annual is also going to have Juggalo Night Court. That's a staple that's been gone down at the gathering for a while now. You got beef with your boy. Spin the wheel of bone and decide your fate at Juggalo Night Court. Get it settled over there. And then you got the return of Bizarro World. Flow artists, poi spinners, freak shows, acrobats, tower readers, costume dancers, pogo stick performers, interactive dance floor, drummers, and so much more. Sounds like it's just going to be a lot of dope, crazy shit going down at that. A lot of people... Like street performers, it kind of sounds like to me. That's going to be dope. But the most interesting thing that's not a performance that they have is going to be the auction. Now, this is my first time looking at the auction items. I figured I'd save it for the podcast so I can get a real reaction in real time. They're saying they're going deep within Psychopathic's vault. Going to be digging some certain shit out. So let's see what they got. The first item up on the website is the Super CD and DVD collection. It includes 77 CDs and 23 DVDs. In total, 100 items that were pulled directly from the shelves of Psychopathic Records. 
and feature a variety of artists both past and present. No repeated titles, each one is brand new and some are considered rare collectible. So looking at the picture they got, looks like they got the CDs from the Big Ballers, they got some Hollow Wicked singles, Zug Island's Greatest Hits, Psychopathic Riders, they got the JCW videos, Hatchet History, Cryptic Collection from Twisted, Blaze's Gang Rags, Monoxide's solo album, old Boondocks records, old Twisted DVDs like The Purple Show, they got the Dark Carnival Chronicles DVD, so basically it looks like anything they have overstock of. it. I don't really see anything rare looking at this picture. They do have Twisted End of Day CD in there. That's considered kind of rare. They got Misery's album, the 20th anniversary reissue. But nothing that I see in here that's really crazy rare. Other than the Ballas CDs, the End of Day CD. So nothing too spectacular. But if you're looking to fill your collection, start a collection, this is probably a dope way to start out right here. You get 100 items in total, 77 CDs, and 23 DVDs. So that's pretty dope. Then you got the Into the Echo Side Dark Carnival Game Super Promo Lot. This lot includes the Into the Echo Side Game Oracle of the Three Rings Expansion, two card sleeve packs, two flavor card sleeve packs, six inch Dark Carnival Games Magnet, a 3XL Dark Carnival Games Hoodie, and a 5XL Hoodie, black and red, respectively, a sealed promo card set, Inner City Posse, Blase Rose, and Wizard of the Hood. A sealed Shaggy Show promo card. And finally, you get a sealed set of 15 foiled epic cards that are extremely fucking rare. Um, to me, nah. I don't own any of the Dark Carnival games. I never really planned to. I'm not much of a board gamer like that. I'm not really much of a gamer at all. So, But if you're into that, that looks pretty dope. I don't really know what the foiled cards mean. and flavor card pack and shit i don't know what the fuck any of that shit means but the next set this looks dope dark lotus black rain poster proof set number one so it looks like you get a few posters from the black rain era 18 by 24 is a one of a kind and features the scarecrow themed black rain poster it includes all four original color process poster films used to create the poster so that's pretty dope you basically get the proofs that made the poster into what it is to what you know as. And that's a dope ass fucking poster. That's them with like the hay sacks over their face, over their heads, whatever. Dark Lotus, Black Rain, they were going crazy with this, with their image. And then the next one, you got another poster proof set of the ones that they're in the football jerseys. That looks pretty dope as well. Number three, this is where they're in like the camouflage hunter outfits. That looks pretty dope as well. So you got three sets of Dark Lotus Black Rain poster proof sets going up for auction at the Gathering of the Juggalos this year. That looks pretty dope. That would be awesome to have hanging in the wall in the studio. But those are probably going to go for a nice little chunk of change. Up next, you got Big Hoodoo's Hexed Cloak. So this is the cloak Big Hoodoo wore during his Psychopathic Records debut video of Hexed. It's a one-of-a-kind item. So if you're a big Hoodoo fan, that'd be dope for you. Then you got ICP Theater Season 2 Usher costumes worn by Greg the Hammer Valentine. That's pretty cool. Greg the Hammer Valentine's a legend pro wrestler. 
to say the least. Been around mad years. Shout out to that dude. The Juggalo March football jersey, 3XL black and red football jersey. It's a 1 of 12 that was worn by Psychopathic Records artists during the Juggalo March in Washington, D.C. So that's pretty cool. You get a 1 of 12 jersey. Jerseys go for some pretty good money, especially limited ones like 1 of 12. So that's pretty crazy. A fuck the fuck off motherfucker tour jersey. Uh, These ones were designed to be worn by DJ Clay during the tour that went down this past year. They're in perfect condition, never worn. So it looks like DJ Clay didn't even get his fucking jerseys. Has his name on the back with the 665. You got the Fury Fist on one of them on the sleeve. Then you got the two middle fingers, the two hands with the middle fingers with the pinky middle finger thing in the middle. Looks pretty dope. This is fucking where it gets interesting for me. I'm a huge audio collector. Dog Beats Test Press Vinyls. There's only five pieces of this test press of the Dog Beats vinyl. That's going to go for a nice little chunk of money. I wonder if they're going to auction each one off individually or as a whole lot as five. That'd be crazy because if you can get your hands on that, sell it on the secondhand market like the Psychopathic Museum, something like that, you can make a nice little chunk of change on that. I don't doubt it. Then you got the Tunnel of Love, XXX, and regular version test press vinyl. That's fucking crazy. Love these test press vinyls. Then you got the Tales from the Lotus Pod test press. That's fucking dope. I like the test press vinyl because they never really, anybody, they never really press that many of them. You always hear of like 10, 15, maybe at the most. Dark Lotus Tales from the Lotus Pod is nine of them. And then the Tunnel of Love XXX and regular version looks like there's four, four of each or five. Four or five of each of the Tunnel of Love XXX and regular versions. So those are going to go for a nice little chunk of change. Mystery box. Anything could be in this box. I remember watching the live video, I believe, Fago Lover's stream a couple years back. Might have even been last year. I don't remember. I was watching the bidding for the mystery box. Nobody knew what was in the box. I believe the bidding got up to like $1,200. And this dude walked up, opened the box, and it was fucking action figures, dog. Action figures, mad funny. Dude got the bone on that one. I felt bad for that, dude. That sucks. But it was funny at the same time just because dude dropped $1,200 on some action figures that aren't even that rare. You could find them shits, drop like a $30 bill and get it. And this dude dropped $1,200, something like that. Crazy. So who knows what'll be in the mystery box. They should do some kind of rare audio. I doubt they have any at this point, but a rare audio mystery box, throwing some dog beats tapes, shit. Get somebody's original um, basement cuts tape, throw it in there. That would be sick. That would be dope. Up next, you got the Dark Carnival Games hockey jersey. It's a 2XL hockey jersey, one of six that were created to give out as prizes for the winners of the Masters Tournament at the first ever Dark Carnival Games Con. Only five were needed as prizes in the end, thus there was an extra one. So you get a one of six Dark Carnival Games hockey jersey. On the back it says Dark Carnival with the number 17. Has the DCG logo on the front. I love that logo. Good shit right there. A Hell's Pit poster proof set. Same thing as the Dark Lotus poster proof sets from earlier. 
This is basically a available in stores everywhere promo poster for Hell's Pit. You're going to get the same shit. Hack Benjamin's mask. That's pretty dope. So you're going to get Hack Benjamin's mask worn by Jump Steady. Featured in the movies Big Money Hustlers and Big Money Rustlers. That's fucking dope. Hack Benjamin was an ill character. He just came out and just blowing their lungs to the fucking wall with his guns and shit. Dope as hell. Up next, this is epic as fuck. A Carnival of Carnage vinyl. The original press. I wonder if it says how many were produced. Only 50 of them were produced ever. And these go for like $1,000. I've seen them in the museum go for crazy money. Crazy money. But $1,000, I wouldn't doubt that's going for at least a G. At the Juggalo Gathering auction. The Carnival of Carnage vinyl. The original press from 1993. That shit's crazy. ICP's custom-made superhero outfits is up next. They're going to be auctioned off at the 20th Annual Gathering of the Juggalos. Violent J's Clownopolis painting. So you got an original painting by Violent J 101. Took him days to complete, it says. So that's going to be up at the auction for Gathering of the Juggalos. The original Fearless Fred Fury sketch. Drawn by Shaggy Tudo. So you get the original sketch of Fearless Fred Fury. Looks like he's coming out of a tornado. Not the building. But it looks like they did a couple ideas where they have the building on one side. And not really sure what that other picture is. But an original sketch of a Joker's card. That's dope. I don't think I've ever seen an original sketch of any Joker's cards. To be honest. So to get the newest one, Fearless Fred Fury. Which was a dope album. That's pretty cool to see. So a lot of dope merch in the auction. I'm most impressed by the test press vinyls of Tunnel of Love, Dog Beats, and Dark Lotus, and then the original Carnival of Carnage vinyl from 1993. That shit is super rare. Good luck finding it, and if you find it, like I said, you're going to be paying a shitload of money for it. Other little tidbits and news that dropped this week. Twisted debuted with Generation Nightmare on the Billboard charts, number three on the Independent chart, number five on the alternative chart. It's the first time being on the alternative chart. But if you listen to the album, Fleming the Windpipe, Magic Spells, Wreck, a few other songs, you could see why it's on the alternative chart. Number nine, top album sales chart. Number two on top rap chart. Number 51 on the top 200 overall albums. And number 60 on Artist 100. So shout out to Twisted for getting on the billboard in such a major way. And props for Generation Nightmare being so successful. That first week, Generation Nightmare sold over 14,000 copies. Pretty impressive. Compared to Fearless Fred Fury, first week numbers were 10,500. I talked about that on my podcast with Mitch right after Fearless Fred Fury came out. So Twisted outsold Fearless Fred Fury. I'm not sure if Twisted's ever outsold ICP first week. But that's fucking crazy. And congratulations for hitting the charts like they did. Dope as hell. A la Zuli Lu also landed on the Billboard charts. Number 11 on the Heat Seekers chart. Number 34 on the Independent chart. These dudes are on the come up. All praise Zul. Horns up to the fucking sky. Love these dudes. Praise them pretty much episode. 
I pretty much praise him every single episode, but it's hard not to. These dudes are talented as fuck, and I can only see their numbers getting better and better on the Billboard charts. I don't have the record sales for them, but I'm sure they sold at least a few thousand copies. So much props to Ala Zululu and Twisted for hitting Billboard in such a major way. That's fucking dope as hell. Ill Bill released a new single, Ill Bill and Stu Bangers, also known as Cannibal Hulk, dropped Tales to Astonish featuring Blackistan and Spit Gems. I don't know if this was a cut track from Cannibal Hulk or what, but this shit goes hard. Ill Bill and Stu Bangers is a dope combination. Stu Bangers got them banging ass beats, drums that hit you in the chest. I'm really digging that track right there. The ROC released a new song called Oh Damn. This track right here, not really feeling it. The mix is kind of shitty on it. It sounds like he produced it, which is dope. I like ROC production, but I'm not really feeling this track. Not sure why they released a single from ROC. I don't know if we're going to get an album soon or what. I would like to see another ROC album. Digital Voodoo, I'll keep saying it, one of my favorite M&E releases. But I'm not really feeling this oh damn track, but that's alright. ROC got mad music for me to go back, bump, listen. Other new singles that came out this week, Suicide Boys released their first single off their upcoming album with Travis Barker. They went way left field with this one. Suicide Boys teamed up with Travis Barker. I wasn't really sure what we were going to get with this, but we got some punk shit. Straight up punk music. I am not feeling this track at all. At all. This is probably the first time Suicide Boys have released something since I started listening to them in like 2016 that just really fucking falls flat with me. I don't like punk music really. I really can't think of any punk bands that I like. But they went that route. It kind of makes sense because they teamed up with Travis Barker. I'm wondering if the whole album is going to sound like this. I hope not. Because their last album, I Want to Die in New Orleans, was a fucking banger. Picked up right where they just was doing all their other music. That heavy trap shit, bass like a motherfucker, rapid rhyming. But this is just some punk shit. Not feeling it at all. Hobson released a new track, Picasso. I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet. I'm seeing a lot of love for the track, but that's a, but that's notable. Hobson put out a brand new track. It's called Picasso. Go check that out. Dropping May 17th. Next, this coming Friday, Young Wicked is going to be dropping another single off his Young Wicked Mixtape Volume 2. This one's called Rage. I like the first two singles that he dropped. First one was mixed like shit. Second one was a little bit better. Curious to hear how this one's going to sound. And I'm hyped for some new Young Wicked shit. I wish we were getting an album instead of some mixtape shit. But I bet it's going to be more like an album than a mixtape, if anything. And then the other last little bit of news we got this week that I want to get into is Strange Music signed their brand new artist, King Iso. If you've been following Strange Music or King Iso for the last couple years, this comes as no surprise. King Iso been working heavy with tech, hitting all the tours with him and shit. He's on his new album, Nina, twice. Both his verses go super hard. I love his verse, especially on Greenlit. He tears that shit up on that track. King Iso is dope. His last album, Dementia, was really good. I dug it. And he dropped a new single. 
in honor of his celebration of signing to Strange Music called Chopped Liver. This is a chopper track. He's going stupid hard. I like it because we're going to get super quality music. And when I mean quality music, I mean in terms of how it sounds sonically. He's going to be recording in the Strangeland Studios. You know you're going to get a super clean sound. Dope as hell. King Iso is the shit. I'm glad to see them sign a dude like this. Because they signed that new dude, Maze. Who I don't even think has any music out at all. Other than the shit that he just dropped with Strange. I don't know who he is. It doesn't sound bad. But this dude is kind of established King Iso. I'm glad they're going back in that kind of direction. Getting somebody that's kind of established already. Like they did with Ritz. Ritz was getting established. He had dropped the White Jesus mixtape. He did that track with Chris Calico on his album, Kicking and Screaming. I thought Ritz was going to be the next guy for Strange Music. And he blew up pretty big. And arguably as big as Tech 9 Ritz can go out and hit the road and sell out a fucking jam-packed show. Thousand people. No problem. So I'm wondering what King Iso is going to bring to the table. Congrats to him for him signing to Strange Music. Is he going to be the next big guy they're going to push for when Tech 9 leaves? Because Tech 9 said himself he's only got a few years left. He just dropped Nina. I'm still bumping Nina. Love that album. His best album probably since all sixes and sevens to me. I like it better than something else. And special effects. And I really like both those albums. But can Strange maintain what they're doing without Tech 9 That's what I want to know. When Tech 9 leaves, can Strange Music maintain what they've been doing these last bunch of years? Buying a bunch of properties, opening up all these buildings and warehouses. What are they going to do when Tech 9 retires? I think that's an interesting question. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I bet Tech kind of sort of retires. He ain't going to be putting out an album every year. I bet he still puts out music. I bet he still does features on Strange Music Artists albums. You know he's going to be heavily involved behind the scenes. You know, on his new album, on the track, I'm Sorry. He said he's been waiting for this day where he can hang out with his family and kind of slow down again. So I feel like he is reaching that point where he's going to retire, but it's going to be like a kind of sort of thing where he's not fully retired. He'll still be making music, maybe hitting the road, but not as much. It'll be more of a special event when he does hit the road. But I don't know if Strange Music can maintain what they've built and what they're doing without Tech 9 the number one independent artist in the world. It's going to be interesting to see. They need to find that next artist that's going to take his spot. To me, Ritz was that dude. Ritz was next in line on Strange Music to take that number one spot. But he left the label, started his own CNT clientele. But we got King Iso in the picture now. Is he the guy to do it? I don't know if he has the appeal like that. Nobody else on Strange Music to me has that appeal. Seth Crew, JL, Joey Cool, Prozac, Chris Calico, Big Scoob, Mackenzie Nicole. I don't think anybody on that roster right now can replace what Tech 9 is doing right now selling as many records as he's doing doing the big ass shows that he does selling out these big ass shows every single night we're just gonna have to wait and see what strange music is gonna bring us when tech nine retires 
because we know, like I said, he only has a few years left. But congrats to King Iso and his signing to Strange Music. And that's going to wrap it up for me this week. I appreciate everybody that tunes in. Every week, podcast drops every Monday. Every Wednesday's Wicked Shit Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. We go live for a little bit, play some music. I take your requests, and we talk about the music playing, talk about what's going on in the underground, and we all have a good time. And again, I appreciate everybody that tunes in. You are much appreciated. You are what gives me the drive to keep on doing this. Much love, and until next time, I'm out. Peace. Oh, yeah. It ain't over, motherfuckers. For all you busta-ass, sucker-ass, fraudulent-ass, fake-ass, wannabe-ass, clown-ass rappers and producers who hit me up in my DMs, I will not listen to your shit. I'm not going to promote your shit. If I told you your shit sucks and I'm not a fan of your shit, there's a 100% chance I'm not going to like your new shit. So cut the shit. Also... If you hit me up to ask to do an interview and I say I'm down to do the interview and then you tell me that the interview is contingent on me reviewing an album that I had no intentions of checking out, I'm not going to do it. I ain't kissing no ass. I'm not quote unquote networking with you. I ain't doing any of that. I ain't playing myself out for an interview that I didn't even want in the first place. So fuck off.